Hey Coconuts, welcome back to another episode of Weekly Market Updates where we scour the net to find worthy financial news for you. This Twitter saga continues with Elon. It's definitely, hopefully, not as long as Star Wars, but we'll definitely keep all of you Coconuts up to date with it. So let's get started with that. Then two new companies, one called Upstart Holdings, took a massive plunge, but is that an opportunity for us? And lastly, Build Your Dream. No, it's not a statement. It's a company that is a supposed Tesla competitor in the EV space. A bit more on that one. So without further ado, let's get to it. Hey, Coconuts. Welcome back to Weekly Market Updates with me, Rakesh. And Anthony. I guess we are down to two permanently now. Are we, we are down to two. Yes. Back to the dynamic duo. <laughs> <laughs> Jefferson and his drop changes. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So um, for, for our listeners out there, Jefferson um, has joined a bank, so he is unable to continue with us. Um, we will definitely look to bring a bit more more macro into that. Uh, we'll probably get a few guests on. But uh, for the foreseeable future, it'll be, it'll be Rakesh and Anthony. Or okay. Ranthony, as they say. <laughs> no, <laughs> no let, let's not try that, please. <laughs> All right, uh, Coconuts, jumping swiftly into the <laughs> topics for today, <laughs> we'll be talking about Twitter because guess what? There is a saga that continues. We'll be waiting very long for something to happen. Finally, something happened. We then move into Upstart Holdings, a lending right. company, a new company to bring to you and, and whether there's an opportunity there in, in, in the near term for the future. Last but not least... <laughs> Um, BYD, Build Your Dream is a company name. Taking what on, a name! I know <laughs> taking on apparently Tesla. So, <laughs> are you ready to build your dream, Anthony? Ah, uh, I I need to find a dream first. Besides retiring early. <laughs> Fair enough. Very realist. Very realist. Yep. All right. Why don't we kick things off, Anthony? Tell us our first story. All right, Twitter, right? Exciting times. Um, always exciting when it comes to Musk, right? And, and yeah, <laughs> today's kind of a, a, a Twitter Musk adjacent episode. So, so yeah, Twitter, um, you know, we, we have talked about it quite a bit over the past few months. Um, the, a new chapter in the saga, Musk decides that he wants to terminate the merger agreement and, and say, no, you know, I'm, I'm not signing up for this anymore. I'm, I'm out, right? And, and Twitter, um, to, to their credit, a response as, as it should to say well that's not true your your termination is purported it's it's not fair you can't do it that way we will sue you if you insist on it right and and they got you know i mean wow. they, they both have very expensive lawyers on board so you know good for the lawyers involved <laughs> i guess no like like, like oh, seriously oh. They, they would probably self-praise self-praise no, I, mean, I mean i'm not in those firms but they would probably be among the top firms in, in that area for, for this in the u.s Right, so okay. so it's like engaging. I don't know, right? It, yeah, it's it's top of class. So so this will be a fun thing to watch. Wow. So how 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 does this unfold, right? But because uh, if you, if you take it down step by step, so first things first, right at the start, Elon Musk said he was going to buy Twitter at at a yeah. certain dollar, fifty six dollars or something, fifty four twenty. Fifty four twenty. That's true. Yeah, and then yeah, anything um, with Elon Musk is either four two zero or sixty nine. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So fifty four twenty, um, and Twitter accepted it. Then 
Musk said there were a ton of bots or something like that, and then yep. reduced the cost. He said he still wanted to buy, but he wanted to reduce at a reduced cost. Well, he, he never actually said that. He just said that there's a lot of bots that want more information. And I guess there was a lot of speculation that this was a negotiating tactic to reduce the price. Yeah. Mm, okay. So 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 he never okay. actually said I wanted a lower price. At least in public that, that he wanted a lower price. Mm. Got it. So then when did this come to say that Musk has decided to pull out? Was last it last week? Friday. Yeah, last Friday. Right, right after the market ago. closed. You know, poop, and and you know, there, <laughs> there goes the weekends of all the lawyers involved. But there we go. <laughs> <laughs> Got it. And then on Monday, Twitter came back and said, I'm suing you. Yeah. Was that right? I think on, on Monday, they engaged like the another law firm to, to, and said that you know, this will pretty much be our disputes lawyers. And on, yeah, and on Monday, US time, they said, you know, they, they sent a letter back saying that this is wrong. We, we don't agree with your reasons for termination. You know, we, we want to enforce our merger agreement, which essentially means be prepared to be sued. Got it. So other than the exciting uh, Judge Judy that we're going to have to be watching left, right and centre, um, what does it mean to our investors, right? Uh, they have Twitter or, or bought Twitter because they thought that Elon Musk was going to buy it. I mean, if if you kind of did this as a merger arbitrage, you're, it, it's really gone wrong, right? Um, I think mm. when when tw- when Musk first started buying, it was at 37, 38 bucks, something like that. Now it's at 35 or 36. So it's actually gone below what, what he bought it at before he announced his takeover, right? There's no premium there. I think, you know, anybody who wants to play this now, um, if you don't believe in Twitter long term, really has to make a judgment on whether an acquisition will go through and at what price that the acquisition will go through. And and that really just means two things, right? One is, you know, that does Elon Musk actually have an ability under the, the merger agreement to terminate? Um, that that's one question you have to answer. And mm. two is if you know he doesn't and Twitter sues him, what what's the remedy that Twitter can get? Do they just get a, a termination fee? Can they you know do what they, what's called specific performance and force Mass to buy, that's also a possibility. You know, do they all come together and negotiate and reach a settlement where you know eight eight billion or nine billion gets paid instead of a smaller amount? So so yeah, there's a whole range of outcomes here. I think it's it's really a judgment call, you know, based on what you know on on the whole the whole situation, if you want to play this now. Got it, got it. And you know, you mentioned three three different possible situations that yep. will be going on. Um, you know, in your experience or maybe with your with your reading with regards to this, which one do you think could happen? Or most likely to happen? Um, I mean, I think, honestly, uh, a negotiated settlement would pr- probably be the case where Elon mm. Musk pays... Okay, no, but this all assumes that Elon Musk is kind of rational, right? Which he isn't. Um, but, you know, if, if it was a normal <laughs> course of things, you, you would kind of put a, quite a lot of money on a negotiated settlement, but, you know, with mm. Elon Musk paying a termination fee of more than one billion, right? Which is the current um, cap on termination fees. Right. And and the reason why I say this okay. is and of course not financial advice, not legal advice, you have a new disclaimer, huh? Yeah. <laughs> but you know, um <laughs> I mean Elon Musk has set out what three reasons for, for why he thinks he should be entitled to terminate. Mm. At least well, one of them is complete rubbish, right? Um that they'll just be thrown out. The other two are on very, very shaky grounds. So, you know, gun to my head, I would say he probably wouldn't be allowed by a court based on the facts now, to, to terminate um, for nothing, right? So so the, the question becomes, is he going to have to pay damages to terminate? 
um, of which there's a $1 billion termination fee and, and that's capped? Or is mm. the or is Twitter going to be able to force specific performance and force him to buy anyway, right? Um, that second part, I think it's also slightly difficult. And, and that's just because, you know, at least in, in most jurisdictions, and I think it's the same for, for the US as well, specific performance is, is a difficult remedy to achieve, right? It's essentially a, a remedy you, that you get if money isn't able to compensate you for the loss they've suffered, right? In, in this case, you know, money... Money can compensate. It's just amount of money that is needed to be compensated. So, you know, and and I mean the the merger agreement has clauses around specific performance being being able to be triggered at at certain points in time. We are not there yet, right? So so this whole thing, yeah. it, I mean, in two months time we would have been there, and, and specific performance would have been a much stronger case. But you know, we're we're not there at this stage. So so that's going to be tricky, right? So so yeah, I mean, if the the, the Worst case, no, sorry, the realistic worst case to me for if you're a Twitter shareholder is, you know, Twitter, uh, sorry, Elon Musk is able to get out and he pays that $1 billion in termination fee and, and that's it, right? Which, you know, that's what, 180 a share per, so so it's not much mm. downside protection it's at not, all. Yeah. Yeah. Great. So in other words, you might go back to its 30 something dollars. That uh, I mean, if, if, if it's already there, the right? case, it will be down to like 20 or 22 or 23. Got it, got it. And and in terms of time frame, like obviously this is you know just started, so it could mm-hmm. take months, yep. it could take years, or do you think it'll be it'll be done in months? Um, probably months, right? Oh, probably months to get a judgment, right? And you know if Elon Musk loses, which is likely because he won't very win likely, everything, yes. <laughs> uh, at least in my estimation, um, likely then you know he's gonna mm. appeal, right? And that will take a while more, and and he's gonna appeal again, exactly. so. So it will, it will take years for, for this whole thing to to run its way through through the entire thing. But yeah, it's it's going to be wow. a fun one to watch. Yeah. Well, Elon Musk and his saga continues, right? <laughs> this this I, I don't know if this will be longer than Star Wars. Probably not. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> no, not with how Disney treats saga. it, right? <laughs> Well, we never know. There might be a movie that comes out of this as well. So, uh, I'm, I'm sure there will be, and there'll be books written about this as well. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So we'll keep you up to date with the Twitter saga as it continues. We may not have, uh, you know, lightsabers, but at least I think it'll be it'll be entertaining as well. Yeah. I mean, it, it will be quite fun. It's it's quite interesting to see how mass behaves compared to how you would normally expect people to behave. Right. He mm. is interesting i mean i don't agree with a lot of what he does but you know, definitely interesting awesome cool for our next story upstart. all right upstart holdings right so for for our little coconuts out can, there can don't we say that it's down but not out upstart <laughs> so what down but not out holdings yeah is that what you want <laughs> no i had to say it's upstart holdings down but not out okay okay <laughs> so uh, for coconuts out there, Upstart is actually, according to them, a leader in AI technology. What they effectively do is lending, right? Credit lending to every Tom, Dick, and Harry, consumer lending, so on and so forth. However, they actually their proprietary system is an AI-based system to calculate your credit score and how much you can lend, mm-hmm. right? And that's what uh, Upstart has been doing. It's been voted as the leader in this and have this priority, proprietary information and actually tie up with banks and, and so on and so forth. Now, um, 
they recently had their earnings call and actually reduced its expectations, uh, revenue expectations for the second quarter in a row. Right. And one of the things that they said there was they cited raising interest rates. Now, as soon, I mean, obviously, we've been talking about this for how long already, right? Yeah, every, so, look, this whole earnings season, everybody will blame supply, constraint supply chain, <laughs> raising uh, commodity prices fluctuating, raising interest rates. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, we, we can write their script for them. It's, it's there. <laughs> well, well, we know earnings call, earnings call season is coming up. So, I mean, that's, that's effectively the citing. And actually, Upstart is going to be affected, I feel, more than the rest, right? Because that's exactly what they do. They start loaning. And when you raise interest rates, lesser and lesser people actually take a loan. Um, economic theory, I think Economic 101 with this. And hence, they have reduced their uh, revenue expectations. Now, this actually meant that they are, they are, they are listed and this actually meant that they, their stocks actually decreased by quite a fair bit. Oh yeah, right. Quite, uh, I mean, I I, I have a bit of upstart. It's been well, it's not a roller coaster because it's not gone up. It's just gone down and down since the, the <laughs> beginning of the year. <laughs> but but it's fun. so down but not out lah. Right? Yeah, down but not <laughs> <Yes>. out. <laughs> so you know, increased interest rates, people take lesser loans. Uh, from what I understand, is that they are also looking to see get more and more funding as they grow, and they're still looking to grow. But as we all know, funding is now hard to come by, especially in this specific uh, section of the year. So they might be facing a little bit of an issue in 2022 um, and hence have had to to scale back and, and really then look at what they can actually achieve. Uh, before going a bit further in terms of opportunity here, yeah. what, do you, what is your thoughts, Anthony, on, on Upstart since you have them? I like Upstart. I mean, I, I did not at, at the very beginning. So, so for the first few years of its listing, I was like, ah, this is rubbish, right? So, mm. I mean, it, essentially what they do is they are trying to replace you know, FICO credit scores in the US. So, so they are saying that, look, if you're a big US bank, you use FICO with maybe some of your own internal metrics to give everybody a credit rating, right? And, and that's how each bank decides how to land. Um, Upstart says, I'm different, I have data, I have, I have AI, I have machine learning, I can give you a better picture of a potential borrower's credit and, and potential to default, and that is my advantage over FICO. And for but probably the first two, three years of a system, like, ah, this is rubbish, right? I mean, credit scores themselves also mine for data and all that, you know, how, how much better could you actually be? Um, and, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. I think that there has been some relatively compelling kind of st stats that came out to say that they, I mean, they are actually better at pricing a borrower's, an individual borrower's credit default risk than, than a traditional mm -hmm. FICO score. So, you know, if that is true and if that is borne out over this cycle, right, there is no reason for anybody to, for any bank actually to, to you know, stick to FICO and, and not to use Upstart as it's like, and, and it's proprietary um, rating system. So, so that, that's why I like it, um, you know, and right. I think maybe just to give a bit of color about, about what you have been saying, you know, it's, I mean, it started a year at what? hundred plus dollars. It was four hundred dollars at its peak last year and, and now it's twenty seven. So it's ninety four percent down. Right. Yes. Um the, the the first quarter earnings report was bad. You know, I mean sales revenue growth all that was okay, but they they were trying to expand okay, sorry. So so to take a step back, right? Upstart doesn't actually do that many loans 
or hold the risk of that many loans by itself on its book, right? It it partners with banks, usually smaller, you know, um, local credit banks to to sell those loans off. And if it doesn't mm. have a partner bank that, that wants to buy it, it, it collateralizes them and sells it as a CDO in the market, right? And and this is exactly where the macroeconomics has, has hit it. You know, that well, CDO funding has kind of dried up because nobody really wants to take on package risks. Um, it's harder to onboard new banks because all the banks are, for, are foreseeing a recession and we don't know how Upstart's model will perform in, in a recession and, and whether it, it holds up, right? Because they have only been in an uptrend ever since its yeah. beginning. So, so, you know, very valid risk. And you know, that led that, that to its guidance down on the first quarter earnings call. Um, it, it also said that it couldn't sell off some loans, which meant more risk on its books and investors did not like that. And, and that led to a further drop. And and with yeah. I think yesterday's or last week's news, you know, they they managed to sell off all the loans on their books. They have, they've kept it to a very minimal amount, but because of that, you know, they're focused more on selling. They have not really focused on originating or getting their more partners in, so their revenue has dropped. Right, so you can kind of see that they're they're in a difficult position. But yeah, I think it's it's definitely an interesting company to look out for. Yeah. And let me flip that question, right? So obviously, we've heard some negative news over the next last six months, so on and so forth. Given that it's 20, what, you mentioned $27 now, it was at 400. Um, it's got a decent pro- pro- mm-hmm. proprietary software. Let me get that right. Uh, proprietary um, credit score rating. Do you think it's an opportunity for us, right? Uh, for us coconuts out here to spend a bit more time researching uh, this company, Upstart Holdings? to see whether they want to put this as part of their portfolio. I mean, that you can definitely research it. I, I would say at this stage, it's a high-risk play, right? Um, mm. But the reward could be enormous, right? Because the reward could be that they are essentially, and, and that's the term, right? You, you use their software or, or their system to rate all personal and increasingly, you know, auto loans in at least the US. And that's a trillion dollar market. So so even getting like a, a small slice of, of it as, as their margin is going to be fantastic. Right? So so it's a huge time. Um it's one they realistically could, you know, get get a relatively big slice of. But I, I think that the risk here is we don't know how Upstart's model has will perform in a recession. Right, so so mm. they they have yes performed over the past five years, but the the past five six years have been you know very good Uptrend. macro yeah it has just been upwards right in terms of economic growth. So, mm. I mean they they did really well during COVID by the way, um but you know that's that's very very short right. So and and they had stimulus there. So so it's going to be uh, that, that that's the risk right and and that's the the risk that you weigh. It's either. If their model fails, then the company pretty much goes to zero. <laughs> if the model succeeds, and you know it, it has a very strong platform for growth in the next five ten years, and and you are going to make a lot of money as a shareholder. Got it. So I'm going to ask you one more question here, right? So if we dive down into their proprietary software, which is what they're using to partner with banks to use their credit scores yep. so on and so forth, wouldn't now, and I would argue that now would be a critical time to do that, because if your credit score is apparently that great. Right, and, and they claim to be good, You banks need to choose who they're lending to specifically yep. well, very, very well. So they need something of a system that is able to do that, that is better than the FICO. But, but they really do, right? That, that, that is called FICO. That, that's exactly how they mm. do it. 
So, you and know, I think the default is that all banks already have their own credit rating system, you know, whether FICO or, or FICO Plus or something like that. Um, Upstart is an alternative to, to that rating system, right? And okay. I think as of now, it's unproven whether Upstart really performs better in, in, a, you know, in a recessionary or a stagflationary type environment. Okay. So what you're trying to say is because we are in such a difficult situation, the banks will go back to what they know best. And just stick yeah, to FICO because it's worked for because them. Because they, they know, they, or mm. even, even if it's just they know how much they will lose to defaults in, in a recessionary scenario because that's all been done before over the past many decades. Yeah. Mm, okay. Okay. I mean, it's a bit of that so, flight to safety, right? <laughs> you know, in uncertain yeah. times, you kind of forbear much, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so then in this case, we have to see over the next three to six months to see whether, firstly, yeah. well, the good news is that they've got rid of their loans. Right, um, the loans that they couldn't sell. So let's see in the next three to six months if they if if it's a model that they can survive on. Yeah, I mean it's it's definitely that. I mean they are definitely relatively good operators. I would say it's really just down now to how many partners they can onboard. You know whether they and can survive good. this downturn, and if they can survive this downturn, I think they'll be golden. Then it'll be time to start looking at how many more banks they can bring on board. You know whether they can do other loans because. I think up to last year, they were really trying to expand their product range. They used to only do mm. consumer loans. They wanted to do auto loans. They, they might do home mortgages, you know, all of which are, are very data heavy, but not that sophisticated um, credit lending models. So, you know, I mean, it, it's a big time. It's, it's a long road ahead. They need to survive this stage, I would say. Got it. Got it. Cool. Awesome. Fun. Like uh, thanks fun. for that, Anthony. <laughs> Yeah, let, I, I'm, I'm liking it as well. So let's see how it, how it pans out over the next couple of months. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's the stereotypical growth, right? You, you, you are so optimistic. You look at the, the perfect scenario where this will be worth you know, hundreds of billions of dollars and <laughs> you stick your house on it. Okay, don't do that. Don't do that. Not financial Not, advice, not the but, horse. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, start, but, small. You know, start small. Start <laughs> small. Observe. Let we can add in. more later. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Cool. Awesome. For our last and final story for this week byd all right anthony tell us about building your dream <laughs> uh, my dream is to retire and uh, so hopefully strike total and retire <laughs> but yes so so i mean byd is, is an ev maker in in china right and i think mm. why, why they came into the news last week was because they announced that oh no it wasn't that they announced that an industry report announced that they were the product producer of that's right they were the producer which delivered the most electronic vehicles in the first six months of 2022 right so so it's not nissan it's not you know volkswagen it's not even test rivian or, or tesla right it's byd. byd and well who's byd i mean <laughs> I, I don't know right if i think of chinese ev companies i think of like neo which also just listed in Sing the secondary listing in Singapore, you know, there, there's yep. a lot of r random Chinese um, EV players and, you know, there's, there's BYD. So, so BYD stands for Build Your Dream, you know, very, very Chinese English name, right? <laughs> um, they, it, it's actually been, been around for a while, actually. They, they've been around for 15, 16, 17, like close to 20 years, I would say. Um, okay. you know, and, and before this, they were only known largely for, you know, Buffett investing, I think, 200 plus million in them for in 2008 so this was 14 years oh, ago wow. you know, for 10% of the company he, he still holds I think 8 plus percent I mean wow. to, today uh, just today on, on 12 July when we're recording this they 
there were rumors coming out that he was going to sell his stake and it led to like a 12% drop in the share price. So maybe a good time to buy if, you know, if, if the fundamentals hold true. But yeah, I mean, mm. that's BYD. They, they started off 20 years back you know, in phone batteries, actually. So nothing to do with cars. Phone batteries went to electric buses, went to electronic vehicle batteries, and now going to electronic cars. Wow. So so oh, 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 kind of around there, but you know, very, very interesting company history. So they don't just build the batteries for the cars, they build the whole entire car. No, well. so so they actually they, they they started off building the batteries for the car and decided, well, I can make a car, it's not that difficult. It's four wheels and a chassis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A few axles, a steering wheel in your Yeah, car. so right. so you know, you, you just copy that, right? It's, it's easy to copy. Um whereas their battery technology might be slightly harder to copy. Got it. Got it. Cool. So in terms of this, how does it compare to Tesla? Right? Um Tesla is is would you say Tesla is then losing to another car company? Uh I mean, well, okay, so so I mean headline figure of you know beating Tesla aside, I mean partially it's also because I mean in the last few months in China, Tesla had its Shanghai factory shut down for, for quite a bit, right? Whereas mm. I think BYD actually had had production facilities not in Shanghai in different parts of China, which didn't get shut down. So, you know, maybe that that's natural that that they produced and, and delivered more. I mean, I don't know. I, I I would think of them as the Tesla of China, um, with less premium branding but more execution, and 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 um, stick stick with me here, right? So so lots of qualifiers there because I love them. Okay. Um, you know the 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 real real bull case for Tesla is they are not just a car company, right? You talk to any Tesla bull, it's they are, they they sell cars. They are really good at batteries. I don't know why people think that but people think that they're really good at batteries you know they, they will sell you solar cells and, and the batteries that will you know, go with the solar cells to your house they will you know conquer full self-driving and you know automated driving that that's the real bull case um for, for tesla and i mean if you look at where byd is playing you know they they are obviously also a car maker they have tr- kind of semi-proven their, their ability to make cars and, and deliver them don't know how well they drive but you know maybe it's a toyota Right, less premium branding, very reliable. Um, they they are really mm. good at batteries. So so I think they are actually the, the cheapest, best producer of EV batteries in the world. Um, even cheaper than um, CATL, which is the the other the, the Chinese leader in EV batteries. And so so they are slightly cheaper, and they have and they are probably like the fifth or sixth largest EV battery producer in the world. Right. So wow. you know. I mean, test for all of Tesla. So, oh, we, we have good batteries. I'm sorry, you're not producing anything, right? Here's a company that's producing them. Um, and of course, if we have EV batteries, you can do other batteries. So energy storage is, is something else that they are actually doing quite a bit of in China. So, yeah, you know, it's it seems promising, I would say. I just did not know how, how big it was um, before this. Wow, okay. So in terms of, of takeaway, right, for coconuts out there, if they're looking into BYD, what is some of our um, advice to them? I'm do do more research because I I barely, I've barely done any on them. Um, okay, I, <laughs> I, I I I mean, well, yeah, do do more research. You know, it's you know, if well, you want to invest, they haven't in had their they haven't had their earnings call yet, right? So we could wait to see. Yeah, we, we could we could wait to see how how they, how they are doing. You know, I, I mean, I think if if you do a very quick comparison just on financial metrics with Tesla, it seems you know 
less overvalued, right? I, I wouldn't say fair value, mm. but less overvalued. Oh, yeah. You know, the price to sale <laughs> isn't as crazy. Um, they, they are marginally yeah, profitable yeah. And, and, you know, relatively good revenue growth at like, what, 60 plus percent year on year as of last quarter. Okay. I think the, 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 the concern, you know, just on financials that that's, pops out is that their gross margin is 12%, which is which is mm. online with traditional um, car makers. So like GM, Toyota, we'll, we'll all have about that. Um, Tesla would have 30%, right? Because of their premium branding, because of, of whatever. I, I don't actually know that much about EVs, but, you know, um, yeah. j- just based on metrics, like Tesla performs better in some and, and BYD performs better especially on the valuation side than others so so yeah it's, it's going to be a, a long story ahead for this and, and all EV stocks actually cool. now, now you're just buying hope yeah. <laughs> in which case so actually upside. with that <laughs> <laughs> one hope plus risk um, yeah. but, <laughs> but with but with BYD right you mentioned cheap you know batteries and, and even cheaper than, than CATL and so on so they could yeah. be going for the volume play so a lower margin yeah. would mean access to, to a bigger to bigger market Correct, but you 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 need the ability to sell more cars as well. So so I think maybe what they are going for is the Toyota model, right? You get really good at manufacturing. You get really good at you know pushing large volumes of your cars globally, and and that's something that they have not done because they have pretty much only been in China. I think they're opening one showroom in in the Netherlands sometime this year, but that's their first overseas foray, right? First, okay. first big overseas foray. So you know, and you know, Chinese automakers, like pure Chinese automakers, traditionally have not done well overseas, right? Mm. Um. So I mean, besides things like you know Volvo getting bought over and all that, like, like Geely itself as a brand, you know, all, all these car companies just have not done well, you know, whether because of preconceptions about quality or I don't know what, right? But or bad marketing or just a different market structure that they're used to, they just haven't done well. So, you know, um it it if you're buying into BYD, you're kind of buying into the potential for it becoming the next Toyota, I would say, rather than Tesla, where where you are focused okay. more on the mass market side of it and, and that's going to be a very competitive market, right? Because Toyota will have their own EVs, Nissan, Volkswagen, they'll all have their own EVs Absolutely. in their price range. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Got you. That's fun. Interesting. Another interesting company to take a look at. Yeah. I'm part of this one. And I think interesting, well, relatively interesting fact, only because I found out about it when I was reading yesterday. Yeah. But they, they are actually in the top 10 holdings of a lot of China indexes. So so, so that's how I've indirectly owned them. Right? You if you buy like, uh. you know, the MSCI Core China Index or the CSI three hundred index, they are about the seventh or the eighth largest holding. So, in, the so in, the, in the index in, itself. In, in, the, in the whole ETF, right? So so that's like being, buying, I don't even know what the seventh largest in, in the S&P 500 is, but, no, but it's, you know, know. It, it's going to be a very big company. It's a very big company in China already. It's just something that hasn't really popped up on, on our, I guess, news. Yeah. Cool. Fun, huh? I, I was very tickled by the name. Yeah. <laughs> well... I mean, uh, is there is there something else that they call it in Chinese instead of BYD? Ah, yes, BYD, um, which if you take the first letter of the ping, it's also BYD. Oh, <laughs> so it's BYD okay. okay. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> yeah, cool. but, uh, this is fun. Cars look cool as well, by the way. Just gotta say. 
Okay, my next card will be an EV. <laughs> nice, nice, awesome. Uh, thanks so much, Anthony. As usual, um, coconuts. Hope hope you like our new stocks for this time. Earning season is coming back. Oh no. Um, <laughs> So it will be a fun time over the next couple of weeks. I would, I would much rather talk about how Elon Musk may or may not have reached the merger agreement. I mean, earnings season is... Uh, it's just an excuse oh, for my yes. stocks to fall 20% overnight. <laughs> yes, 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 absolutely. But not to mention that in a couple of weeks, we still have the Fed that may be looking to raise that interest rate. So we will definitely cover that. And Yeah, and, we, we and, have uh, CPI okay, coming yeah. out, US CPI coming out tomorrow, I think. Yeah, thirteen mm. July. So, God, so that's yes. going to be. Uh, it, it's just, it's just a very, very volatile market now. We, down we but need, not out, right, Anthony? Uh, that, that's only for us. <laughs> that there, I think there are things like Peloton that are down and out, and probably going to be out. Yes, probably going to be out. Like, like you, you, you can't really see a way back for them. And of course, Three Arrows Capital, um, yeah, they, no, they are down tough. and disappeared because nobody can find their <laughs> founders anymore. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All good. So we'll be back next week as usual. Thanks so much, Coconuts. Have a good one. Have a good week. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode with me, Rakesh, and trust that you learned something today. If you enjoyed the session and want to be part of the banter, join our community Telegram group or follow us on social media. We also have a weekly newsletter to get a digest of the news we covered. To sign up, please click the description below. As always, we love your feedback. So share that with us at hello at thefinancialcoconut.com. Thanks and stay safe.